What is it? What's the street music about? Well, there's people that perform outside the restaurants here, and then there's kind of, uh, I guess, like street buskers that we call them buskers. I, so you've been to my house. It's a very rural location, by the way, recording's going. Um, you've seen it. It's very rural. And there's a Walmart near me, and there's like a couple of shops. You guys got a Walmart? We got a Walmart, and they're building a Home Depot next to it. Oh, is it a um, a super Walmart? Super Walmart. What defines a super Walmart at this point? Well, I think it's it has cars. a grocery store. Well, it just says Walmart, but it does have a grocery, grocery store. Side. It. It's got a grocery store in it. I think they only build super Walmarts now. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to think like where I grew up, we did not have Walmarts. And the only thing that was there was the old, the old school Walmart was the closest thing you could get to. With none of the no, I, none I think of food the, stuff. Yeah. And I guess that's the difference space for grocery stuff. Yeah. I do remember super Walmarts doing that. And then they, I think that you're right. They just dropped the super and now it's just every place they build has the, has what the do you grocery think store. is the U S is largest grocery chain. Uh, I remember looking this up long, a long time ago and it was surprising. Is it Walmart? That's what I guessed. Maybe it's Kroger. It is Kroger. Because Kroger is like a conglomerate brand that's got like a ton of different little smaller things like King Super uh, or whatever. That makes sense. This was a trivia question. And I'm like, yeah. I've never even heard of Kroger until coming to the eastern side of the States. But so many, like you said, so many grocery stores are just under a conglomerate or a unified brand. Yeah, if you look at Kroger's brands, it's like King Well, I think King Super is technically Safeway. But um maybe Giant is Kroger also. And they all have the same like if you put your phone number in for their, you know, oh, Ralph's. Is so Ralph's, Ralph's the biggest? No, no, Ralph's is a subsidiary of Kroger. There you go. That's what, that makes sense because so like California West Coast you got a lot of Ralphs or at least in Southern California. But that's the whole thing is like I'm a corporation. How do I grow? I grow by I grow fastest by acquisition. And Paris so I'm gonna acquire King yeah. Supers. So King Super is Kroger. Yeah, Food for Less. Always a good name. The Dollar Tree of of uh, supermarkets, I suppose. So you don't got this feedback on your end? There's like a, a clicking. Nope. Huh. Maybe uh, turn your tape tape drive off. Well, if you don't hear it, that's good. The um, I was actually thinking recently about the whole King Super supermarket thing. And I don't remember what I had. Damn it. I had the thought. But it was basically like all of the. Damn it. What was it? <laughs> oh, oh, I remember what it was. Okay. So, you know, how in, a, in like Kroger or whatever, they've got the stuff that's not food. Right? They've got the like toilet paper. 
aisle. That's like normal. You're going to have that. But then you have the little section that's like needles, like little, like, you know, sewing needles and you have duct tape and like all that kind of stuff, like the house goods stuff that would typically find like yeah. Home Depot. I'm wondering who is it that decides like what's the cutoff line for like, okay, now we're starting to get to Home Depot here. <laughs> like who picks? Like why? Like it seems arbitrary that they don't have like power tools. <laughs> well, why don't they? I wonder who that person is that's trying to figure out. Walmart's got power tools. Well, I mean, that's the thing. So like Walmart added on the grocery. They had all the stuff. And actually, I mean, you could, it's really a question of like, where do they draw the line with specialty stuff? Because I've consistently surprised at the level of specialty shit you can get at like Walmart or Target or whatever. Yeah. Somebody, I, ha- somebody has to draw the line at like, okay, we're not going to have a miter saw at this store. Right. Or have you heard of Maynard's? Is it Maynard's? Yeah, I've heard the name. Is it like a is it like a bigger Walmart? Uh I, all I know is people talk about it as if it's like yeah, and like a Walmart, like it just has everything. Like the like it eventually become the physical like actual I don't know if it's a grocery store though, but I mean it's I had it's a literal like lumber yard too. Like you can get construction oh, wow. materials. But I mean, where's the shop that's like, oh yeah, you want a cow? You want like a full cow? We got that. You can order a cow. Oh. And you can also get tiny hex keys for your synthesizer. Like that's an insane store. Somebody's cutting, the, somebody's drawing the line somewhere. Amazon. That's what I'm saying. It's like eventually. You'd think somebody's figured out the like physical manifestation of Amazon. Maybe it's Amazon. Maybe that's their next move. They have one giant Amazon store in like some podunk place in Kansas. And it's just like 20, it's like 30 acres or something, you know? Yeah. People will go. hundred percent. I mean, what's that one place? It's a uh, wall drug. What's the deal with that? I remember seeing the, didn't, I can't imagine. I imagine that's the type of place that you've been. I don't know what you're talking about. The wall drug. There's people used to have stickers on their cars. It says where the or where the hell's the wall drug? Wall drug. And I was like, what is that? And it's like a it's like a community community store. Is there only one of these? There's one. Seventy six thousand square foot drug store in South Dakota. Yeah. Oh. People trek to go to this place. Like they make it a point. 1931. They got donuts there. Cowboy boots. It's a restaurant. It's almost a. Yeah. What's the deal where everyone wants to go? Is that a like hunting store? Cabela's. There's Cabela's. There's the other Bass one. Bass Pro Shop. Bass Pro Shop. Like people kind of make it an event when they go there. So I was driving through Tennessee, I want to say. And they have the Bass Pro Shop, like World Headquarters or whatever, and it's a literal oh, pyramid. In the pyramid. Yeah. Did you stop? I wanted to see it. I didn't. I didn't stop. It's an old, I think, arena. It looks like something from North Korea, like a North Korean, like, like Politburo 
or something. Maybe. Uh, anyway, what was the, where do we, we uh, I was gonna go someplace with the start. We're talking about Kroger or one of those shops. Have you ever seen a architecture Walmart. from Turkmenistan? No, I don't, I mean, maybe. So Turkmenistan is another super closed off society. Um, I think it's very state controlled, state owned. And you can go visit it, but it's like significantly limited in the number of tourists that come in. But it's so orchestrated and ornate. Have you been there? No, no. I'm just. Is it? So do they have like a lot of like, um, what is it? I want to say Muslim type of architect. Like you'd see in the mosques, like very ornate, like in the mosques type of stuff. Um, I don't know what you call that. It almost looks like like space temples, like space temples, like the design. I don't can know what. Can you chat me? Yeah, just there put it go. on the. You just share your screen. Space temples. Oh, geez. Yeah, these are crazy looking. Turkmenistan also has that giant burning hole in the ground. Oh, I legit want to go see that. It's the gas field or whatever, like portal yeah. to hell or whatever they call it. But I'm pretty That's sure this cool. is one of those countries. If you visit, you have handlers that follow you. Really? It seems like it's too. It'd be too small to have that much of a to have that many handlers around. Well, I, I mean, I'm saying if you're a visitor. I know that's what I'm saying. I guess they don't have that. I guess your point is they don't have that many visitors, so. They have a handling core or something. It would be interesting to go to that gas. What's it called? Like I say, I was gonna say Gazprom, but that's the that's the Russian like gas company or yeah. oil company. Uh, what, I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, it's the. I don't even know how that thing happened. Somebody blew a fire firework, and blew a hole in the whole thing. So have you picked sides yet in the parlor wars? Have you downloaded it? I downloaded it a couple, maybe last week, just to I've, see what it was. And the, I, I thought I sent you the screenshot, but like the first page, of like who to subscribe to, it's just like Sean Hannity and Mark Levin, and I mean it's just an insane list of people. Are they're there. they're all on there. Apparently, I mean, my guess is they they're like people are on there. It's not actually yeah, them. Yeah. But they were freaking out about the whole transition. Apparently, like, what's happening? I don't understand. Oh, why are they? Why are they doing the transition now? The GSA administrators, deep state, or something like that. We need to splinter off. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Is like, so there was a rally or something in front of. I want to say the Georgia state, like they're state courthouse maybe it was in georgia but it was someplace and it was we got to splinter off the republican party is abandoning us and we're gonna have to go and like I mean, it's splinter georgia off because there's the the runoff senate election yeah i mean i know that's kind of why i thought it was there but anyway it was just a group of right-wing folks and they're basically saying like the republican party needs to split and 
And a lot of the comments that I heard were like trying to dunk on these people. Like, oh, I heard that. I don't know what that was. Can you hear me? Yeah. You just switched to my uh, AirPods for some reason. Oh. Well, anyway, all these people, all the like, all these left left liberals were trying to like dunk on these people. Like, oh, that'd be great. It's totally split the Republican Party and give them less power, blah, blah, blah. My thought, though, was I think that's actually worse because in theory, a lot of the Republican, like just like the general Republican thing, even though, yeah, they're they're moving more fascist, they're still pretty mainstream. I say pretty like they're like they're not advocating as a platform, like taking over the government into like a fascist regime. Whereas if you've got a splint, if you've got a split. In theory, you could have this third party dude. Maybe it's Trump, but some third party person. I don't know. Do you think uh like legit be like, we're gonna do straight fascism? And then like all these people are like, Yeah, I'm down. Like 70 million people are like, Yeah, we're gonna go to well, that party. That'd be nightmare. That'd be crazy. There's those general polls, however faith much faith you put in those, but questionnaires to people and finding that people's aversion, you know, to quote like a dictatorship in some aspects of what that would be like their aversion really isn't there when it's on their side. Right. Um, that's what I'm saying is like, but that's, I mean, that's like the, the faults of populism. Right. And that's, 100%. that's not new. That's not new. It's just, no, that's exactly my point is that we call it mob rule. And the, but none of this is new is the point is. So if you look back to Weimar and all that kind of stuff, the, yeah. Social Democrats were a third party, in effect. I think it was a fourth party, actually. But they were just a different party that got a ton of of the electorate behind them. So in theory, you have this third party that split off from the Republicans that's called the like flag party or whatever the hell, right? Call it whatever you want. Tea party? Tea party, sure. Go with tea party. Coffee so you, party. Coffee party. Um, how about I get behind the coffee party, iced tea party? Um, and we were we were there for the tea I know. party, man, that, that first time. I know, man. And I remember we had a conversation at the end. I don't remember what like the what came out of it, but like I thought we had a good con- constitutional conversation at my truck. Um, I kind of wish I had saved some of the signs. You know, did you take the signs? I didn't take any, but I'm just saying save some of them. Because people we just had throw pictures. Didn't we have pictures? Oh, I, I, pl- I have a lot of photos that I took. Um, but people throw away the signs, you know, just like when I went to right. DC for the, the MAGA march. And oh, you, when did, it, did you when did you go to oh like a couple weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks ago. Oh, I didn't know you went to that. Um did you see Jordan Klepper? That would looked hilarious, honestly. No, you know, so it's, he in, he interviewed someone with a sign that said, um, I think Christ is king and trump is president do you remember that part in the video no i mean maybe so he interviews her and, he, and he's like trump is trump is jesus and i don't know he was asking some weird questions but i saw her i i walked past that that woman um did you interact yeah, with anybody no no because i went pretty late in the day like 4 p.m so after all the I feel like you missed your calling as a journalist um 
if I mean, journalism, I mean, I, Intel I, was kind of like journalism. Like Humant is basically journalism, even though you didn't do Humant. But you know, it's very like watch it and report. And I, I think you do that like as a bodily function, just because you're I, curious. I would have loved to have talked to people. I just didn't. I, I, I would say that it was so very stark. And if you were wearing a mask and you were not wearing a mask, nobody would talk to you if you were wearing of, a mask. It very much was like you're here to support the president, right. wherever the march is, um, and you're not going to wear a mask. Like I did not see one person wear a mask unless they're just a random person living in D.C. or just walking down the street or, or like, an, or like BLM, a reporter or something. BLM Square or what's the. Yeah. Is it still painted on the on the street? Yeah, it's still painted. And, you know, I walked around there and and. You know, people were gathering and there was kind of a standoff with about 300 or so people in all black. They had Antifa flags and were kind of doing a march as well. And But they kept the groups pretty separate, like counter protest. I think essentially the BLM square is the opposite side of the White House from where the the quote MAGA march met up. So the the march. So there's the White House in the middle. Then there's like the the vice president or the whatever the office building for the White House people. It was on that uh, side. No, that's not the Eisenhower building. Yeah, it's not on the Eisenhower building side. It's the opposite side, closer to Treasury. Okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, the whole area is it's a giant compound now, right? I mean, there's just fences. I haven't, I haven't been down there in forever. So you're saying it's like they had their million MAGA march or whatever it was. On that, like where they put the tree, usually, like the Christmas tree. I'm not familiar with the tree, but there's this kind of open square. Yeah, it has yeah. a yeah, that's it. Uh, what's his name, Pulaski? Yep. And the, then and then it's like Constitution Avenue is on the other side. Yeah, of that. no, yeah, that's yeah. the photos where you saw. I mean, the president was tweeting like because that was the, the the kind of center point of the gathering. I got you. And that that whole square was full of people. I mean, by the time I got there, though, it was pretty empty and wasn't a million though. At that point, all the it, it was really just merchandise booths that were closing up, and then you had like sporadic people hanging out, yelling at you each need. other. Grab some of the like swag from all that stuff. I, I, the worst, actually, the worst thing. So the thing that's been bothering me the most, honestly, is the way people are flying flags now. Yeah. I've seen a Trump flag. I saw a picture of a Trump flag on top and American flag underneath it. Like that's intentional. You don't accidentally do that, right? You're not the combined flag. No, I'm okay. saying on a flagpole, somebody's flying Trump, like the Trump, Make America Great, whatever flag, above the stars and stripes, yeah. as though it's like you know subordinate, right? And then there was on the Clipper show, they had a person with the it was the flag, but it had Trump on it, which. Like, uh, like some people, like you can, people will argue about like the blue lives matter flag. And it's like, oh, well, that's not, that's different because of this and that, which I think is bullshit. But anyway, fine. But like, that is an, that is like very clearly the polar opposite and exactly what the like flag code is saying. Don't do like, do not modify. I mean, the, do not modify the actual flag with anything. And then they put, well, I don't think the flag code includes modifications. So I don't, 
I thought what's that's exactly name? what it does. What's the name for uh, like if you study flags? There's a name for it, but vexiology. There's a. Uh, I was listening to something about within that community and and flag study, and mm-hmm. you know one of the points is that like the Blue Lives Matter flag is is that it's a Blue Lives Matter flag. It's not. Right. No, no, no. A, that's what I'm saying. The so you're that's, just that's more clear cut, right? Which is the Blue Lives Matter one. Because it's like a separate, it's not, mo- it's not a modification of, because it's so far it, different. It is a modification though. I think the, the, the flag code is about, it's like improper display or improper wear. No, but even, no, it says specifically, like, do not modify, like you will not modify the flag as a flag. Like, so for in other words, you can make, you can make underwear they have stars on it and a couple stripes. And that's because that, that wasn't a flag. That's underwear that you're making look like a flag. Whereas if you took, like if, if I went to the store and I bought a flag and then I added something to it, yeah, that's what the flag code's talking about, right? So I think the other weird thing with that was it's the idea of like, what, what do you mean by flag? Like where you're starting with it. So it's like, if I have this screen printed flag with someone's photo on the front, I'm not actually altering a quote U.S. flag. Like, just think like it's like a U.S. dollar, right? Like, I'm starting with a U.S. dollar, and then I draw on it, I stamp on it, I modify it. Which I think that's illegal too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, technically, right? Um, yeah. But I'm saying with the flag code, I think that there's a nuance there. Of you know, I go on Paint on my computer. And I take a flag and I add a bunch of random. Look, here, look, so right here, flag code. All right. So, I mean, I think, okay, so let's take your point. I'm going to, if I take a picture of the flag in, in paint and then I print it out on whatever, and then I hoist it up on my flagpole, is that the U.S. flag? I would argue yes. Right. Now, if I do the same thing and then I put, something else on it it's a flag that you've modified right and so like section g here says flag should never have place upon it nor any part of it nor attached to it any mark insignia letter word figure design picture or drawing of any nature i think that's fairly straightforward like if i have a flag and i put trump on it like that is very clearly not what is intended for this fucking flag yeah now, I mean, the other thing is it's I, not enforceable. I think there's, this, I, I'm saying, there's, yeah, I mean, there's that yeah. where it's just essentially it's like custom the, courtesies, decorum. Okay, but it's, I mean, okay, you're a lawyer, so make the case, like, make the case differently, right? So it's the intention of flying a flag is to show I'm showing allegiance to the thing that this represents. We yeah. all, we all agree that the representation of the flag with 50 stars and and the stripes represents the federal government specifically and the state, you know, the nation of the, the United States. Okay. Now, anything that you do above and beyond that would then subordinate to some degree or modify the intention of that display. Would you agree with that? I don't, I don't know. I mean, the, like you said, it, it's irrelevant because... None of this has any enforceability other than it's, it's prescribing essentially decorum. I agree, but that's my point. 
is what you're seeing is people who are like, well, yes, America, but also this is very important. Yeah. I mean, you, a, you see that there's a lot of, um, it's like 50, 50 flags, you know, it's like half American flag and then yeah. half, you know, don't tread on me. Steelers football. Um, and same thing. I mean, you, you, I, I see in Virginia driving around, you'll see a half U.S. and half Confederate flag, which uh, is insane. Which is totally insane. That's like flying the ISIS flag and like the Afghanistan flag half and half. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally what it. I mean, it's literally what it is. Except, yeah. I mean, it's literally what it is. ISIS lost. Yeah. Yeah, I think the 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 literal challenge though is that i mean it's it's right it's like are you literally flying the confederate flag or you're you're really what you're doing is you're flying this like re-envisioning a historical interpretation of this flag that's i mean i went to richmond last week Mm -hmm. you know richmond was the 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 eventual capital of the confederacy after montgomery right alabama so virginia secedes it moves to richmond it becomes this massive capital because like virginia was the wealth right it's like the moneyed south right um and they have their it's called the hollywood cemetery and it's really kind of it's kind of like the the south's arlington in some ways at least for the confederates because that's where okay most of the confederate soldiers are buried something like eighteen thousand. Wow. Um, known and unknown and so you know half the cemetery is just confederate grave markers and um a memorial that kind of looks like a pyramid it's like a stone pyramid you could say there, there you go i mean uh, the pyramids in egypt are stone yeah my point is is that the you know like soldiers or, or service members generally, you, you know, you die in war or even as a veteran and they display the, the symbol of your, of your nation. Right. Like, right. Um, typically. Right. So that's what you got like German, or like your little religion, religious thing. Yeah. It, right. In addition. Um, so you got like German POWs, world war two, that have swastikas on their gravestones yeah. in the U S and there's discussions about whether those should be removed. Sure. VA cemeteries and anyway so these confederate graves i mean it, it what's the symbol on them right it's it's the symbol of the confederate the csa is that what's on there it's the stars and bars no no i mean it's it's the symbol of the confederacy which is let me see it's oh it's not the flag it's some other little seal or the something csa so it's the confederate okay. states of Got america it. um by the way, I mean, let's just let's just appreciate for a moment how well they did with branding. Like, that was a four-year thing, and they still hang. They're still hanging on to it. So, you know. Well, that's. I that. mean, that's the thing, right? As people say, my, their heritage and like not that four-year span. But I mean, I, it's funny, but at the same time, that's where it goes into like what they actually mean is not the Confederate Army or the Civil War. It's the aftermath and either the resistance and continued resistance of um, change, really. I mean, you have... Oh, for sure. And as I'm saying, like, 
so there's a group that apparently goes there. It's like maybe a nonprofit. It's just some folks who, and I don't know when they started, but they've been doing it for a while is they, they put the little flags in front of these gravestones. Um, the flag being the, the Confederate flag, what we know it as now, yeah. um, which is not original, right? It's not even on the gravestone. Yeah. Uh, Cause originally it was like that. Uh, Cause it was the, it was the war flag flown by, uh, whatever the confederate army whereas the confederate states is the big red big white and then the blue it's almost like an american flag but simpler right which is a great metaphor by the way right <laughs> like we just dumbed the whole thing down you see where it's like obviously the re-envisioning of you know civil rights era sure the fight against desegregation and and you have this reinvention of this battle flag or whatever you want it to mean and supposed heritage. And, and then people start adding these flags to these gravestones and you'd see photos. They took all these flags down because of the protests. So post George Floyd and mm-hmm. the cemetery is kind of like, Hey, we got like thousands of Confederate flags flying here right now. Like we don't want people to come and destroy this place or, or yeah, even sure. protest in the area, which would probably be legitimate in some ways. And so they took down all these flags and I, again, it's a private organization that puts them all up. And I, I don't know if the cemetery is going to let them put them back up. Oh, uh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. That seems like an, that seems like an odd fight to fight because you're fighting like the people who want to keep that weird cemetery. Yeah. Like, like they're the people who you're in theory maintaining it for. Yeah. And they're like, wait a minute. Yeah, that is odd. It seems just like a safety move for them. I mean, it's a, you know, it's not going anywhere. And I think that's where you talk about like keeping aspects of history and, you know, these, these are the literal graves. Um, but a I don't bunch know. A lo- bunch of losers. I don't know if you need like thousands of flags. Uh, yeah, but like, what's, are, uh, I guess. I just don't, I don't know what the benefit is. Like who's like, who's going to this gravesite and making things better for modern Americans? Like, you know what I mean? What, what well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. There's, there's people out there and not many people, but I mean the people in terms of that volunteers that feel it's something. I get that. I don't know. Uh, there was a recent op-ed. I mean, they, they would probably say, right? They're like, well, they're they're U.S. veterans, right? They're veterans. They're not. They lost the war. Like, <laughs> how, what the fuck? Like, what? <laughs> this is, uh, to me, it's like such a clear-cut case. But it's like civil war. I mean, you need some form of um, reconciliation. and we did, we did that. That was the whole reconstruction period, right? Yeah. Wasn't that the whole point of that? Which didn't work, apparently. But... Well, so many failures, right? And resistance to what it was. And that's, again, what the Confederate flag, as we know it now, symbolized to include all these statues that went up in the tens and twenties. So, you know, so, okay. So this is actually interesting. So the, so do you know the Sherman, do you remember the Sherman plan? I think it was called the Sherman plan. Um, Basically after the war, General Sherman said, all right, here's what we're going to do. All the previous, like, I don't remember where it was from, like where it started and stopped, but basically it was like half of the Eastern seaboard. It was general order one, right? Was like half the Eastern seaboard from call it Virginia down to Georgia or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. All the way over to 
Mississippi, I want to say, I don't know. These are, this is going to be wrong, but you get the idea. There's like a huge swath of land, right? And his order was all that land is now protected land for former slaves and they could do with it as they wanted. So they would, and this is where the whole 40 acres and a mule thing came from. So wasn't that, that's, wasn't that part of why this, like this was rejected, right? Like, no, 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 it was no. So this was put into law, right? This is general order one. Okay. So that actually started happening and people started moving to these plots of land. And then when the next president came in, which was, uh, this, this who, was Grant, who, right? No, no, no. It was the, it was the president right after Lincoln. Grant. Uh, then it was, that was after Grant. Well, no, I mean, this was the compromise. Hang on. I'm Part of was, and it's actually come up recently, right? Where people were talking about uh, president, presidential elections and blah, 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 and faithless electors. And it there was, was something. It wasn't Grant, Grant, though. I promise it wasn't Grant. Um, he like avoided it. It was like going to be this great constitutional crisis, but basically gave up on all the ambitious reforms and programs that were meant to. Yeah. So it was, it was all that. I'm going to find the fucking thing. Um, Dang it. Was it James Buchanan? I don't know. I want to say that's who it was. Um, Basically, he Johnson. Basically, he overturned that whole thing and just like said, "No, nah, we're not doing that." Yeah, I mean, part of I mean, these are the southern states. It's like we don't want to play, and I mean, your supposed compromises. Man, I want to find it because there was a great article about it. Um, I think it was Johnson. It was Lincoln Johnson. Maybe it was. Grant. Which which Johnson? I can't remember his name. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna find this damn thing. Um, I will find it. It was on PBS. Like PBS has this long, long thing. All right, all right. You ready? Here we go. Okay. Yeah, it was Andrew Johnson. Okay, that's exactly what it was. Okay, so I'll send you this link. But basically, William T. Sherman had special order, sorry, special order 15, all right? Special order 15. And it basically said the island from Charleston South, okay, 30 miles back from the sea and the county bordering St. John's River, Florida. So all the way from Charleston to Florida, right, are reserved and set apart for the settlement of quote-unquote Negroes, right, now made free by the acts of war and the proclamation of the president of the United States. So this is like a massive swath of land, right? Mm. 400,000 acres of land. Strip of coastline stretching from Charleston, South Carolina to uh, St. John's River, Florida, including all this. So that was supposed to be redistributed to newly freed slaves. Like that was actually put into, yeah, yeah. Was put into place. William T. Sherman, baller-ass general who just burnt shit down 
I love that. Anyway, I mean, it's it's essentially reparations, right? Hundred percent. That's when it was that. That's when it was like, like supposed to happen, right? When it should have happened. That's exactly when it should have happened. All right. So then, what happened was, Andrew Johnson basically overturned the order and said, "Return the land along the South Carolina, Georgia, Florida coast to the planters who had originally owned it." That's exactly what like hit, that's the way they redid mm. it. So that whole like there was a, like we totally fucked up the like one opportunity that we had to do that and then now it is what it is so what i'm thinking of was called the compromise of 1877 so it was as pres as grant was president mm-hmm. and there was some drama with the election and i mean i'm not going to read the whole wikipedia article but basically something was, was like grant and I mean, the ruling party at the time basically made a compromise with the Southern Democrats to acknowledge the, I guess it was Hayes, the following. But Rutherford, it basically ended Rutherford. basically ended Reconstruction. It was like the South play at, well, get out of here, right? Like to include like get you the you know the U.S. troops, the Union soldiers out of the states. Um, so it was just a follow-on from all that like stuff starting with Johnson. It was just like, it's just more, right? It was like, no, you're not going to do this whole big thing. And now we're going to kick you out further. And that was so what? So Grant could actually be elected? Well, no, Grant was already president. So, but it was the follow on. I mean, it had something to do with like, again, it kind of came up recently with people were talking about the electoral college and faithless electors. And, you know, it's funny about that whole debate. Like, I was reading some interesting quotes from people about this. And one of the quotes that struck, struck me was, well, if we get rid of the electoral colleges, then that means the cities will determine the, the way that the country goes. And I thought, okay, let's reinterpret that. But let me reinterpret your phrase. What I just heard was, if we get rid of the electoral college, the place where the people are will determine how the country goes Mm. because then it would be per vote. Right. And if all the people are in the cities and the cities happen to vote generally a particular way, then that would drive the nation, which makes sense to me from like a direct democracy ish kind of a thing. It's still representative in the sense that you're still electing representatives and a president, but you're basically saying what, what somebody wanted to say was we in the Midwest or in these other places that are not cities should have a greater voice than those individual as an individual voter. I should have a greater voice hmm. than an individual in the city. And I thought that was a pretty nightmare thought. Yeah. I mean, that's the relativism of any, I mean, you think of, you know, someone who might claim like a flyover state status and right. Um, well, just using you know, the term flyover state is offensive to them. I've been, you know, forgotten in whatever way. And um, part right. of the discussion I never saw was like, okay, well, if you take that to extreme, it then turns it turns into the exact thing you oppose, right? It all of a sudden becomes like, well, it's not that you feel like you've been either disenfranchised or overlooked. It's that like you don't have a greater voice. You know, it's like, 
Right. It, it becomes this thing where it's like, well, no, like we are the American ideal. We are the American tradition. And somehow I represent America more than exactly. someone in a city or in a blue state, et cetera. Right. And it becomes like, well, so you're really just saying that you're, you're better. A hundred percent. That's um, like, it's like, wait a minute. You don't, I think they either understand the argument and they're trying to make it in such a way or they don't understand it and they don't, you know, they're not explicating exactly kind of what they're getting at. But like the broader point is if the nation has decided, like if people have voted with their feet, right. In the sense that the jobs are in cities because we've moved along, moved on from agricultural and industrial work and coal mining and all that to more white collar service oriented work, then that's the shift. That's how it's shifted. And as a result, like demographics shift, and so if you want to actually represent the people with their desires, then we're going to have less representation of people who live in the Midwest by, by default, because people have chosen that America is more. I mean, if you look at like our GDP, right? It's not, I mean, it's a huge chunk chunk of it is exporting soybeans but it's professional services it's financial services it's all the stuff that happens in cities so we've already kind of made the switch from an economic perspective we haven't made the switch from a political perspective so what are we hanging on to here exactly so it's the whole thing i mean it's it's very troubling in that sense because it is a a wider and wider divide and it's like, I saw an op-ed, it's an op-ed, but somebody tweeted, some goofball tweeted something like, how do we, how do we re, what was it? What was the tweet? It was like, how do we re-brainwash or whatever? That wasn't the word. 71 million people. Like, how do we retrain 71 million people? And I'm like, do you realize what you're tweeting here? Like that you're in a position to say like all those 71 million people are totally wrong and that you have to reprogram. That's what it was reprogram. How do we reprogram 71 million people? It's like, okay, I don't think you appreciate what you're <laughs> saying here. And then there was an op-ed piece, whatever around that, because a lot of the comments were like, they're lost or whatever. And I've, and then I've got other friends who are talking about it. It's like, we just need to split into two different countries. I'm like, how is that even be possible? Yeah. Because one side isn't in one place. Again, this is not like the South, right? I'm almost wondering if it, if it like goes outside of the borders, like there's a global South and then there's like a global North, right? To some degree. Hmm. Canada helps the insurrection. It's very odd, but I'm not, I'm not with it. I don't, honestly, it's very distressing. It's, I think it's slightly different than I had, I've expected in the past. Yeah. Mm. Like people are, just didn't, nobody's eat, actually eating the rich. You know what I mean? Like in other words, in terms of like sides, there's like the poor people and like all the poor people are fighting each other. Like there's poor liberals and poor you know, conservatives and they're fighting. And then all the rich folks are kind of like, yeah, you guys down there, you all fight, but nobody's like, like going after them. The closest. Do you remember it was the, um, 
Occupy, Occupy Wall Street. Yeah, and that was the closest thing in terms of like uh, seemingly a, like a ideologically neutral in some ways, but like I don't think so. No, it I was mean very it, left. It was so I went very, to it. I mean, the way it was framed from the beginning in terms of, in like the news, right? The news sphere, but um, I don't know. I mean, I could talk to your like random everyday boomer or whatever who's you know vote republican and generally not super engaged but like they might see that and you know they're coming from a like a blue collar construction back like they're like that's the closest thing for them is again it's like i can get behind this like really i'm saying the closest thing i'm not saying a, a lot of people were i think it's uh, more yeah no i mean i agree like philosophically i agree with you but it wasn't it did not it was not represented as such right it wasn't well, like, I think it really depends on you, what happened to you. It's like at that time, you know, it's like I had talked to people. It was like they were, you know, the economy is falling apart and these people have been fired and, right. you know, you know, fired from a job that they had, you know, given so many decades of their lives to, but, and it owed them nothing at that point. It's like later. But the people in Zuccotti Park, if so, what? So I went down there, yeah, and I walked through it, and though, and it was a lot of the like, they were very much like social anarchist type folks, like socialist anarchists, like not like the weirdo anarcho capitalist people. They were, you know, very like, yeah. I mean, I don't know a better way to say it. They were very much on the labor labor theory of value. Let's say. Right, so on the Marx side of the uh, of the uh, of the aisle, which the plumbing union or whatever, they're not into that, or the carpenters union, they're not into that. So, but it, I think in the bigger <sighs> picture, the idea that being if if Occupy Wall Street is about accountability for these certain yeah certain class of people, I agree. Um, but they just can't communicate. I'm saying like. So this is actually, I was thinking about this again earlier this week. It's, it's a, can you not communicate, but it, or it's, you're limited in the, the modes of communication, right? I'm like, saying they have, they have different philosophical starting points. So on one end of the spectrum, you have people who are distribution, redistributionist in, in bent in the sense that you're not paying enough taxes. You're fucking over the small workers. We have no, we have no social support structures to help us. Right. There's that bent, right? There's that kind of like, we need social support structures, go back to the World War II, like taxation, this kind of stuff, right? And better oversight and all that. So that's one philosophy, side of philosophy. And that side of the philosophy is very like Emma Goldman. If you're familiar with like anarchist philosophy, it's like Emma Goldman, Kropotkin, um, all of these like socialist anarchists, right? So kind of like uh, like Noam Chomsky, like very Noam Chomsky side of things. All right, you follow? Okay, so there's those folks. And those are the ones who are like the social Democrat party or whatever. All right, and then you've got, in my opinion, then you've got the other side of it, which are the Murray Rothbard, Von Mises, like libertarian side of things, right? But they're more like, capitalist libertarian which and they these two groups fight right so mm -hmm. one's like capitalist kind of anarchist markets group which are the end result of what you'd expect from conservatism 
And they, their philosophy is leave me alone. Let me have free enterprise. Don't tax me. Don't tell me what to do. Right. So they're both anti-hierarchy to some degree, but they have different expectations of the hierarchies that, that do exist. So one wants like socialized things, industries, not necessarily to such a degree, but yeah. so, you know, social democratic in- institutions. Whereas other groups want this wild west, closer to like a wild west type of thing, where like you work for it, you pay for it, you get whatever you get, and you don't ask for handouts or whatever. But fundamentally, they both don't want this like hierarchical structure up their ass. And they can't communicate because they're saying, well, it's you, one side is saying, stay out of my business. The other side is saying, don't screw everybody over, right? And there's so much that they agree upon but because they have such a like fundamental philosophical, like they're off. I don't know. It's, it's the different, it's the difference between like positive and negative rights. If I mean, you certainly studied po- the, the differences there, right? Yeah. But you think, I mean, that's all communicated in something like Occupy Wall Street. No, it's not. I'm saying the Occupy Wall Street were very much on the positive rights philo- philosophy. Whereas the Tea Party, so let's like you so Occupy Wall Street versus Tea Party. These are basically at the same time, more or less, right? Yeah, yeah. So Tea Party is negative rights. Stay out of my shit. Let me do whatever I want. Wild West, whatever. Okay. Occupy Wall Street is let's socialize. When I say socialize, I don't mean a, in a derogatory term. I'm saying let's socialize benefit, right? through yeah. taxes and representation, all this kind of stuff. Those are very different philosophies, but at the, at the in at the, at the bottom level or at the next level up, they have workers who are disenfranchised on both sides. Right. Mm-hmm. And so how do you blend those groups? Cause if, if somebody could figure out, I think if somebody could figure out how to talk to both of those groups and get both of their support, you'd have a winner, but I don't know if you can. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like that would be like a crazy hard bridge to, to, or gap to bridge. Yeah. But if somebody could figure out how to do it, that would be, that would be very interesting. I think the closest was like FDR, right? Hmm. And now he's like pariah, now he's like pariahed by all these like hardcore, like libertarians. Well, yeah, I mean, libertarian, but. But I'm saying that's where the, those negative rights people live. They live in that. Cause you know, I followed that thread. Like, so if, if you start at just basic Republicanism, right? Yeah. At least they're tenants. And then you back it out. You say, okay, Republicanism theoretically is based on conservatism. Okay. So what's conservatism based on? Okay. And then you say free markets, Adam Smith, blah, blah, blah. And then you say, okay, well, what's the extension of that? Well, it's libertarianism. Okay, well, what's the extension of libertarianism? It's just more like anarchic state, right? And that's when shit gets like goofy because the concept of like hierarchy and capitalism don't really mix well, at least in like traditional anarchic philosophy where you're, and and I think the the social anarchists are also wrong because they both have these assumptions about people baked in. The social anarchist is, well, we all want to contribute, you know, consistently and we don't want to hurt each other and blah, 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 which is just not true, right? That's just like 
I just don't think that's a, that's a true statement about people. Whereas the anarchist libertarians say, everybody will figure it out on their own and we'll all come to, we'll all come to like a peace. And I don't think that's true either, right? I think on both sides you have, because of power laws, basically, basically it says an organization will grow and it will dominate all, all other organizations that it can dominate. That's just like, I think that's a truer statement about humanity than anything else. And then once it gets too large, then it breaks apart. This is kind of the fourth turning idea, right? So you start with these, if you think about it like as a, as a line, right? So you have total anarchy over here, which is like everybody's like everyone for themselves. It's not chaos necessarily, but it's just there aren't organized groups. And then on the other far right side, on the other far side, you have everything is centrally governed. So it's a um, it's a command economy, right? Which is where there's a political bureau and economic bureau. And it is like saying, here's how much wheat we're going to produce and here's how we're going to distribute it. And this is where people work and all this kind of stuff, right? So this is like the, you could argue like this is the spectrum, right? So on that spectrum, you say, okay, start here. And then naturally little groups will form. So they start with families and then families have like communities and then communities grow into cities and then cities grow into like states. And, and then as you move up, right, it's larger and larger organizations until it like collapses back to the beginning and you get this cycle, right? And so Polybius, who was a Greek philosopher, he had this thing called the cycles, the Anacyclos in his book called The Histories. Anyway, so he argued that it did this cycle over time. So all societies go through this cycle. Small groups, bigger, 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 like bigger, bigger. Based on experience, like based on yeah, based based on historical example, right? And you could argue the same with the U.S. or any other place. Yeah. And often, what happens is those smaller groups they just get run over by bigger groups. Like just, it's just not even, like it's just consistent, right? Because, and then here's where like the social, like super, um, the super socialist anarchists really fall apart, and like some of the capitalist anarchists fall apart with what they call the non uh what is it oh shit what's it called they call it the like non-violence or non-coercion pact or something basically everybody in the group says well we're not going to coerce each other well that all falls apart really quickly when like i ride into your town with my like 50 band of merry men and (laughs) a bunch of like tanks and shit and i just take over your town and like, what are you going to do about it? Because you have not created a, an army. You're not doing anything hierarchical or structural. So yeah. it's so easy for me to just take over your shit. And that's exactly what happens with a lot of these communities. I mean, I did a ton of study of this from like 2008 to like 2012. Um, and it's, it's, intr- it's an intractable problem in terms of like individual versus collective. Like what's the balance between like individual and collective um, organization. It's like in, impossibly hard. And so the, my argument is you just have to do the cycle. You just do the cycle forever. And hopefully you're not in one of those really shitty periods. <laughs> <laughs> huh. So I don't know where we're at. I think we're closer to the big thing breaking up, but I'm not sure. But what's like a modern example of that? Like are we talking about cycles and I mean, this, we're talking about over the course of like hundreds of years or a thousand years, something like that. So, but then what's the, like you got one or two examples if it's a thousand years? No, there's a ton of examples. I don't have them like all right at hand. One is like Scandinavia. So there was all these like Viking communities 
that we're all kind of like, like what's i guess is there even a modern uh, example or modern equivalent like yeah i mean you could look at the entire like us like so indigenous peoples for example indigenous peoples were very much like decentralized and um they didn't have like a single sing uh, a single state like they had all these different tribes and stuff and those were all states yeah, in yeah. effect right um and we just ran over right uh and but that's just an example of of a different society like conquering and no but i'm saying that's always that's always how it happens so you're just saying the cycle is like how did i don't know if, so there's nowhere else to go so for example like there's no unconquered territory at this point yeah yeah so is, what's the next like, i don't know that's the crazy that's thing a cycle like this like a you're looking at some type of conflict and that, that's what I'm saying. I, it's unclear. So like, if you look at like the, like Europe, Europe's is a pretty good example of that. Like, whereas like hundreds and hundreds of years ago, there's tiny, these tiny little like dictatorships basically all over the place. And then different wars caused consolidation. Right. And then now it's the EU and now the EU is doing the whole Brexit Brexit's doing kind of pulling out all this kind of stuff. And EU is kind of like, where, where are we here? Are we going to split out again? Right. Yeah. So that's another example the the Han like when the Han kind of took over China um, back in like the 14th century or whatever it used to, again it used to be all these different tiny groups and it still remains like in the Western territories um, in Xinjiang I think where you know that's where you have like the big Muslim population and the Han are just like fucking dominating them right putting them in camps and shit it's crazy but I don't know like if there's no place more to explain like if there are no more small groups that are like semi autonomous that are they then kind of form up and then get yeah. taken over i don't know what you i don't know what you've got frankly i don't know like where the next steps are like what's the next so let's say so that's what i'm saying it doesn't make sense when people are like i'm next american civil war because it's not like this group versus that group like there's not yeah. like these clear delineations where one would just take over right yeah and you could argue like that's kind of what happened with the colonies right so from the colonies to the um, to the Articles of Confederation, and then articles articles into the uh, into the you know Declaration and and uh, you know founding of America, right? That that went from tiny little individual groups out there to this big giant thing, right? And then it moved west, or you know it was already starting to move west, but you get the idea. Maybe the new frontier is the internet. You're just gonna have it already. That already happened, right? So little subgroups taken over. It, no, that's what I'm saying. So the, the so, but if you think about it, so internet was that radical decentralized, tiny little things here and there, right? And then yeah. everything got taken over. So AOL kind of was the first wave-ish, right? With acquisitions and things, and then it was like Yahoo, um, and then google amazon microsoft so now you have like this four-party state for the internet right so it's google amazon um facebook yeah. what google amazon facebook like you just argue microsoft or whatever but um they own the internet in effect yeah. right so how does that fall apart so like how, who comes and like takes over that? I don't know. It has to break. So that's part of the thing is like, once it gets to a certain size, it breaks apart naturally. And I say naturally and it's like massive, like civil war. And each of these, so the funny, that's not funny, but the, the thing about them is 
as everyone is successively larger, the larger the breakup. Right. So like World War II, perfect example. It's the biggest nasty conflagration ever. So what to World War III would literally be like unbelievable destruction, right? Hmm. But again, like nobody's talking about World War III because we're not all like, so if it was World War III would come from at post like the global government, yeah. I would argue. So how we get to global government would be the question is like, is it then the U.S.? So the U.S. and Canada, let's just say it's the five eyes. So it's the five eyes against everybody, right? And the five eyes win. And there you go. Global government ruled by U.S., Canada, Great Britain, Australia, and New Zealand, which would be funny. Um, and then that breaks out because, you know, Mar Martians come. I don't fucking know. I have no idea. <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's all very confusing. But it's a good theory. Or it's interesting theory. Mm. I got rollerblades. You're rollerblading? I got a new pair today, actually. You doing like spins? Not yet. I mean, I'm just went down my drive my down my street. But I'm gonna so Baltimore, there's an indoor skate park. Yeah. So I'm gonna go up there sometime. Last time I so when I was skating before, back in like 2014, did you know the whole like my rollerblades history? No, Is it, I mean, do people still? I go by the skate park like every day. I guess I see people there with rollerblades. It's usually like little kids still. Scooter, but, but it's coming back. Like it's kind of—I don't know if it's coming back, but it's there's still a sub. So roller, so it's a really interesting thing. So like in the early '90s, like when all the extreme sports are kind of coming up, mm -hmm. rollerblading, inline skating, whatever you want to call it, was part of that first wave. So it was in the first X Games up until like the tenth X Games, and then they kicked it up because it just wasn't popular anymore. Yeah. But at the time, early '90s or sorry, late mid mid to late '90s, early 2000s actually pretty popular um and so that's so i got into it in like 95 96 and i started in houston i started skating with my friends and then i started competing in texas so i'd go to these like amateur and pro competitions and i you know whatever i was 13 14 15 skating in these competitions i got pretty good but i kept hurting i, I hurt myself or whatever and then my friends stopped doing it and so i stopped and whatever moved on but there's always been this like tiny little subculture of rollerbladers that's like existed. Yeah. And it's like starting to, and like five or so years ago, it really started kind of growing again because the people who were like my age, our age, who were doing it when we were younger are trying to get back into it now. And so like, you know, there's kind of a market for people getting back into it anyway. So, so I left it and then seven years ago or something I got, I went and bought, like a beat up pair of the same kind of skates I used to have. And I started skating again. I was having fun. And then I did this big air off a ramp and I came, like I fell and I like broke my rib or cracked it. Right. Like 2014, yeah, 2014. And so I stopped for however long it's been six years. And so I decided to buy a new one. <laughs> Do you ever have the soaps? I did have a pair of soaps. Absolutely. Blue with the 
I mean, you know, got to grind where you can. They went out of business. I'm surprised you don't see people like with those shoes today. Or like, I mean, they went out of business. Similar. The Heelys took over. Oh, yeah. Huh. Those were coming out just as I was like leaving high school, I guess, right? Soaps? No, Heelys. Is it, are Heelys that old? Yeah. I guess, I, like, I think of Heelys as like kids, like at the mall. Well, because, yeah, because that's what it was. Like, people, I remember people at the academy had Heelys. They'd go really? through the art, yeah, art class or whatever. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? That's for kids. Like, that's a kid <laughs> thing. I didn't even know they made them your size, you know? But it was rare, but some of the, some of the people who I have no respect for, they were driving, just flying around the, the hallways with that crap on. Man. I mean, I don't know. I guess they still exist. They must. I don't, I, you don't ever see them at the skate park. There are a lot more scooters, that's for sure. But that did make me want to. So back when I was skate, when I was skating years ago, I was actually I was also skydiving. So I had to stop skydiving when I cracked my rib. So like it stopped all yeah. of my fun activities. But that's making me think about getting back into that too. Did you jump at school? Yeah, the summer program. Um, like as a freshman. Um. Yeah, it's that summer, you know, the fall. Yeah. Okay. I did it as a f- senior, as a firstie. Oh. That was awesome. It was just like, you know. And I, w- I actually went with my AOC. My AOC took the took jump at the exact same time. But what did you do that summer then? Uh, so I did, you know, I went to, where was it? Oh, uh, shoot. Not... I want to. I went to Kansas. I think I went to. No, no, no. I went to Langley, Virginia. So I did the Lang. I did a Langley ops tour, and then I did. Well, didn't so you had to do that, and then I thought it was either you did jump or soaring. Uh, I did neither of those. I did. I think it was like basic prep or something like that. What is that? It's like. You just prep for beast. Like you just help set oh. up sandbags and shit. <laughs> I mean, I did not have, I was not like a stellar four degree in terms of like academics. Yeah. So, um, so they didn't let me do a 490 or soaring or I guess I could like push for it, but I'm huh. like, whatever. Yeah. I, mean, I know now there's a bunch of other programs. There's like a, drone summer thing that's pretty cool I, yeah i i didn't appreciate it until like the last couple of years but there's you can do whatever you can do all kinds of stuff as, as long as you just ask for it so like my first year i was like hey i asked my advisor I'm like hey can you enroll me and jump he's like sure and you're just like did it huh. <laughs> that was it <laughs> i was like oh okay shit so yeah yeah it's pretty straightforward but it was cool to go as a first because you're not getting you know like you know, they don't mess with you. Yeah, I mean, the summer yeah. program is a mix of, like, physical preparation and mental. I mean, I never felt like it was 
you know, any, any different or really, I mean, it wasn't the same as actual basic, actual boot camp. That was right. another level of weirdness. But they still kind of probably messed with you a little bit. But it was more in stuff of like getting there early and running and doing physical stuff. Yeah, exactly. But they, I mean, that's kind of, you got to think like that's your first summer, your first experience not being a freshman. Right. And so you're not yet a sophomore, but you're like, you're done. And so there is a peer aspect right. to it. Uh, that's with true. Instructors and, but you're right in the sense of like, there is some shenanigans, but I never felt like it was, I felt like it was purposeful, right? It was like, sure. You were, they gave you a hard time because you needed to do it right. Like if you're going to jump out of a plane yeah, on your own. First time. First time. Like you got to know what you're doing. And no, I get that. But I mean, so we had the same thing in the sense that, so it was just, Hey, start time is this be there. And then we'll start doing, you know, harness training. Yeah, I mean, and all part of this stuff. too, for the, you know, the, my group, the peer group at the time when I did it is for those that want to do wings of green. Um, yeah. Wings air of blue, wings yeah. blue. Yep. So there's a competition there. Like, yep. are you the fastest? And like, sure. Is it like, um, but I, I do remember like, I culminated in this, you know, that's like, it's only a week or two of prep. Right. Two weeks. And then there's kind of these culmination exercises where, you know, for example, I hook you up and hang you up in a harness and you're going through all your emergency procedures. Throw water on your X, Y, or Z or happens. And, you know, they're throwing stuff at yeah. you. No, they like, do the same thing. They do that around. to everybody. Yeah, they do that yeah. to everybody. It's like people jumping on your back and like yep. grabbing you and. No, I mean, I, we did all that stuff. I thought that I thought all that was appropriate. So, oh yeah, yeah. The I funny mean, thing was fun too. I mean, it's right. Well, they would. So you know, the thing spins, right? Like no so, one's actually like beating you. I mean, no one's like course. hurting you. Correct. Well, the funny thing was because my AOC was in it, so it's you got a major, right? Who's like a mid-level major? I guess basically what we are. Yeah. <laughs> um. Now, but so they. He, they made him be the last person to like qualify or whatever before it was like jump day. So like, <laughs> you're the last one. You're the last one. So like all of the, all of the cadre instructors or wings of blue dudes came around and they spent like half an hour with Steve Harold in the harness and they just like spun him and were like yelling at him and throwing. I mean, when else are you going to get to like harassing <laughs> like a, AOC, right? So they, just, they that was fun, but he he enjoyed it. But yeah, I mean, it was that was one of the, it was. I think what's cool is especially going through other jump programs, um, and on the civilian side also, is that there are none that I'm aware of that just you do ground training and then they're like, see ya, out the plane. Right? Yeah, I mean, they tell you that that's the only place in the U.S. that right would be authorized to do that. I thought that was bullshit, but then turns out that's actually true. And I, I don't know if it's like a legal thing or it's like a liability thing. <laughs> like, no, I think it's, yeah, yeah I think I it's what jump school out there would get insurance for that type of like, well, no, there's a whole like USPA training schedule. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, but the, so the thing is though, like on, so advanced free fall, so AFF for 
getting your A license for, you know, USPA, you do jump out by yourself in the sense that there's, you're not tandem, right? But you have two instructors that are holding you the whole yeah. time. And like, if you mess up, they'll fix it and, you know, that kind of stuff. And then after the, depending on how that jump goes, then, you know, then you're, you're on your own after your 10th jump. So like, there's no instruct, you don't have any instructor. You're just supposed to do certain things and then you check them off in your logbook. Hmm. I still have the videos of my jumps. Oh yeah. Like the first jump. Uh I don't have, there was a VHS of, um, from the ground. Yeah. Video from the ground. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where that one went. And that one's just kind of silly. It's like, all you see is this little speck. Yeah. Like flinging around. Yep. Um, well, I remember, so we'd watch them all. We would, we would watch, we'd like, whenever we're done, we'd do like watch them in that little room. Um, and I remember one of my friends, he was like swimming. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. you get out and he was like swimming and kicking and stuff. And they're like, well, you failed. He's like, no. So he didn't get his wing. He didn't get his jump wings. <laughs> Cause then he's like, you have five. That's it. They don't give you more. Like, yeah, you don't, five. If you, if you don't do that, if you don't do it in five, you're done. You think like, even with all that training, um when it's the real thing and you know it's not i mean it's not many people it's it's very few that do that, that it happens right they just totally freeze up right or they so freak out. like their, their first jump and they literally did not pull their shoot oh yeah 100%. And the emergency reserve has to pull right and yeah you're done at that point yep um yeah i think if you have one of those like that's it and you think i mean it's like the program's really safe like people aren't i don't know the last time someone like a, a casualty other than i mean there was i think someone lost their legs because they like really oh. i mean they're they were under canopy but they kind of um went off course oh, okay. and i think they ran into power lines oh shit i mean that kind of stuff happens that but was after right i can't think of a time i can't think of any instances I can recall at least. I'm sure they're out there, but nobody's died. Yeah. I mean, it's the funny thing is, it's like actually, again, having been doing, having done other skydiving, it it's pretty safe actually. Yeah. Like, like if you compare it to a lot of things, driving around. I mean, there's actually not that many things that can go wrong, right? And if they do go wrong, then there are compensatory controls. Yeah. Fix it. So, I mean, I wanted to get into skydiving so I could get good enough at that to get to do base jumping so I just wouldn't die. Yeah. If I went base, the problem with base is like, unless you do it all the time, you will die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I was like, I don't have the time to go. And then, base if, but then the if time. you do it all the time, you could still die. <laughs> your likelihood of dying still pretty high. But I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know the the risk benefit there with three kids. Yeah, it's a little bit iffy. But I think my last jump, so the fifth one, I just remember my instructor saying he was telling us all have fun with it, like have fun. And it's what does like, that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Like do something different. And um, I I kind of just remember like he's like have fun, and you know, like these these dudes are no, like they're jumping all the time and they're doing flips and yeah, right. little stunt moves. 
I just remember like, okay, I'll have fun. And like, I think I just like jumped out and didn't follow any of the like <laughs> positions. And yeah, you didn't I basically I just threw myself out there. And um, I remember like s- spinning, just doing these backflips and yeah, watching the sky and then the ground and oh yeah, that spin. And I'm like, okay, I'll just, you know, I'll make sure I pull my shoot when I'm looking at the ground, you know, that <laughs> Yeah, when when I cycle back around. Yeah, and I this is all very deliberate and like in my mind and and that's what happened. Like I pulled the shoot, everything's fine. Like I f- fixed the little um, the runners or whatever it was, and yeah. And I actually got pulled aside. Like I had to go sit with one of the it was like the course director or the program. You know, yeah. it's some like senior enlisted dude, like a halo jumper or whatever, right, yeah, like running the whole controller thing. or some shit. Yeah. And so he's like sits me down and then puts in my video, <laughs> and we watch me just like jump and just doing like these crazy flips and swirls. And again, it's the fifth jump, and it's like he's just like what what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> like, Oh no, sir. Like, like they told me to have fun. <laughs> told me to have fun. And he's like, uh, man, yeah, it's basically one of those things. Like I, you know, like I normally would like kick you out for this. Like this would be it. I'm like, Oh I'm like, I, I had no idea. And he's like, well, like, like, don't be dumb. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, everything was fine. But again, it's just like, what were you thinking? Yeah. Like, but it could have not been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why they. Yeah, that's why I mean, said, they yeah. they err to. I mean, the risk aversion, right? So. Yeah. Well, I mean, I yeah, I think anybody in any jump program would say that same thing. It's like one of those things. Like, if it had been my first jump. Right. Um, they would probably give you another shot. Like, well, you know, hey, probably what it was is that the guy that told you to have fun was like, fucking with everybody to see like who who would. Yeah. Was, I just think it was so weird because it was like my last jump, right? It wasn't like. Yeah. It wasn't my first or like second. You've done fine on everything else. It's and just then like, just... what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you've done this four times now, and then you just went crazy. I love it. That's that's cla- that's some classic. It's perfect. Yeah. I mean, wait though. It's like you're 19 or 20. Like. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess if you're a freshman or whatever, soft, rising sophomore. Um. Yeah, that makes sense, but. It's always bad to do flips unless you know what you're doing. I did get to that point in my jump career though. So I could do, you know, I could flip, you know, do a roll, barrel roll, flip and track around and that kind of stuff, which that's, you know, the funny thing was I got bored with skydiving. Yeah. Like that was boring. And I was like, Hey, how do you guys not be bored? Like, (laughs) Oh, well you got to jump with all these other people and do like, you know, five-way jumps and do the rodeo and like you know all this kind of shit um, i was like swimming right and i was like i don't want to do any of this because i'd watch them on in the ground like like on the you know in the hangar or whatever and they have these little do you remember those little roller mat things you lay on it and they kind of roll around oh yeah so they have those and then they'd sit there and be like all right here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna do this and then i'm gonna go like that and then you're gonna go like this and I'm like, this is fucking stupid. Like, you're doing like choreography in the air. Why is that? That's not cool or fun. Like, that doesn't, I, to me, like a lot of these people like love that. And I was like, this is dumb. Like, I don't want to do that. And so I jump out, I jump and I go, 
and I'd do, you know, little turns and looking around and then go under canopy. And that was fun because you can fly around or whatever. Yeah. But then I was like, yeah, well, when's the base jumping start? And it's like, well, <laughs> you probably want like a hundred more jumps before you start that. It's like, eh, I'm not, eh, this is not worth it. So. Let's get your wingsuit. Well, so we had a couple. The so skydive orange is where I used to go, which is your direction. Actually, it's like not far from where you are. Um, and so it was like a two and a half hour drive from me, or something like that. And there was a handful of dudes there that did wing that wore wingsuit, and they were base guys too. And so they jump out with their wingsuits and fly off. The pro- so the problem with those are, you can actually fly pretty far, <laughs> and then you got to figure out how to get back to the hangar like it's uh, not it's like non-trivial like you have to fly the right direction so like you have the wind to bring your ass back under canopy it's actually not it's not trivial so fuck well, i think that's cute to call it <laughs> have a happy thanksgiving the, um, what was it planet of the apps yeah, we'll have to do that another time. <laughs> Did you watch it? Uh, no, I didn't watch it. Um, okay. I've seen it, but I, I saw it when it came out. Like, I was living in San Francisco. Oh, so. did you? I forgot about it. Well, we, do you want to do that next time? Yeah, maybe next time. Probably need some time to set it up. Yeah, figure out, figure out how to set it up, and then uh, we'll do it next time. But have a good Thanksgiving, man. You too. You um, just hanging out here. Yeah. 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 You're going to Baltimore, right? Yeah, I go to Baltimore. I canceled my. I was going to go to Houston, but I canceled because all the Corona. I'm doing next year. Yeah, it's probably smart. Yeah, I don't want to risk it. Yeah. Day off. Few years. Yeah, right. I don't know. I'm just thinking like I'm like last Thanksgiving I was in Iraq. Um <laughs> Hey, they actually have pretty good they're pretty good holiday saying, meals. I had, I had probably like I don't want to say better, but it was like I mean it was good food. We actually had really good food at that yeah. time. It was a state department contract. Um Yeah, I mean it at towards the end there, it got pretty nice. Or I mean I'm I guess thinking I, I probably had more like at that time, more social interaction, right? Because he's like having mm-hmm. had a meal with a bunch of people and totally celebrating with a bunch of people. I mean, there's no shortage of people in war. I've noticed that. Yeah. yeah. So, but I'm saying like after I left is when COVID started. Right. People were acknowledging it or, or reacting and talking to the people that were still there. I'm like, man, like you're either getting, it was like MREs are getting really bad food because there was no more deliveries. Oh. And it was like all these things, like you had to like pick it up and you couldn't eat it there, but then they didn't want you eating it in your office. And so basically all these like pseudo, um, people were just eating on, basically like everyone would just get together and eat on the, like the street or against the, like a, a wall. Like wow. you had and to that, eat somewhere. Right. And like, what? You don't go back to your chew or whatever. Most, I mean, you're going to go there and like, well, one, I mean, you want to eat, eat in that place and like get mice and yeah, good point. But a lot of people are, it's like you're bunked up with a bunch of people. Yeah, that's true. 
I mean, it's really hard to eat anywhere by yourself. Like you can go in the bathroom and. Yeah. Yeah. Even there. I remember. Oh, so there was a story of, so we had like a shower time limit. Um, in when I was in Iraq in 2010 and one of the guys that was in our squadron, he, he just didn't care. He was like, I'm gonna shower however long I want. <laughs> and he was a, he was a pilot. <clears throat> this guy was kind of a dickhead, but anyway, so he's like, I'm just gonna shower however long I want. And so he, he came back one day and he told us, he was like, Hey, I was in the shower and some senior NCO just turned my water off. He just like reached in to the shower and just like turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, why? He's like, he like yelled at me about shower time. I'm like, well, how long were you in there? He's like, I don't know. Like, whatever. However long my shower was. He's like, yeah, you're supposed to take like a two minute shower, dude. Or whatever the number was. <laughs> so some senior, some senior NCO was like, you've been in the shower 10 minutes. What the fuck? <laughs> It's like you're in the middle of a desert, homeboy. Like water <laughs> rationing. <laughs> yeah. So you can't get away from anybody, even in the shower. Man. Sounds wonderful. Cool. Well, I'm going to go on this. Uh, protecting the financial system from finance, from cyber threats. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Wow. Enjoy. It starts at 1030. I don't know like, where they're calling him from. Like uh-huh. London. Mm, it sounds whack. Better right. you than me. Later. Peace.